Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. ESPN Audio and SC Featured presents a 16-episode podcast, Pin Kings. It's the story of two All-American high school wrestlers, teammates, and friends who ultimately ended up on the opposite sides of the war on drugs. Pin Kings is for mature audiences. Welcome to Episode 3, The Straight Arrow. Sports was everything. My father instilled that in us at a very young age that, uh, that, that we were going to be involved in sports. If you were going to live in my dad's home, you were going to be involved in sports. This is Kevin Pedersen, a decorated former agent for the Drug Enforcement Agency. How important was wrestling to your father? Huge. Huge. I mean, it was, it was everything to my dad. How did you handle the weight of his expectations? Not so well, I think. I grew up as a young man desiring and wanting his affection more so, and I think that generation had a hard time giving it. And I know that also with the ramifications of what happens with war, there's issues there. He demanded a lot. I thought I performed a lot. Probably throughout my life, I've been an overperformer. Still trying to please someone who might be dead for 15 years, still trying to please him. Kevin and Alex were best friends champion wrestling buddies. The heydays of Miami. Alex Tecubis was clearly a kingpin. It's a, it's a tragic story. The less you know, the more you leave. I wanted to take out the biggest drug dealers. If they were catching him, he's going away for the rest of his life. If they don't kill him when they try to capture him. Could you imagine if Kevin has to shoot Alex? He's a sworn federal agent for a drug enforcement agency. Evil goes to jail, or evil ends up dead. Welcome to episode three of the SC featured podcast, Pin Kings. My name is John Fish, and I'm a television producer for ESPN Sports Center. And I'm Brett Forrest. I'm a senior writer with ESPN the magazine. John, sports, youth sports, especially for boys, more so these days for girls, um, but. For boys, youth sports uh, are really about your dad. I mean, for a lot of kids, it's how how you relate to your dad initially, um, how you guys begin to build a bond. You know, for the kid, there's a real challenge there. Can you measure up? Are you going to be good enough? And for the dad, it's kind of like going into the past. And for Kevin Pedersen, one half of our story, sports assumed an outsized importance in his life. You might even say it was unhealthy. In high school, he's one of these guys, he was the perfect student. Perfect student. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he studied hard. Uh, he got great grades, straight A's, never made any trouble for anyone. And early on, he had a sense of responsibility. He was sort of this all-American kid. So outwardly, Kevin Pedersen seemed to have everything in order. But really, this poor kid was suffering, and it was because of his father. There was a lot there that people didn't see, and a lot of it was channeled through sports for Kevin. Sports for him became a pressure cooker. And there was really only one sport, in fact, the 
perfect sport that Kevin was meant to play. This one was ideally suited for Kevin Pedersen. Yep. You could say it was in his blood. Here's Kevin. My dad and my mom both were born in Iowa, in Des Moines, Iowa, and um, their parents lived there. So the entire family, the aunts, the uncles, everybody lived in Iowa. My dad, I think, was a captain of their high school wrestling team in, in North High in Des Moines. My uncle was a Big Ten champion at the University of Iowa before World War II. When you think of Iowa, you think of wrestling. Iowa is the cradle of wrestling. Right, right. Iowa is wrestling. Here's Kevin again. It's what you do in Iowa. I mean, in my family, uh, you had learned to wrestle just to defend yourself. My dad was going to wrestle my brother. My brother was going to wrestle me. Everybody in the family was a wrestler. Kevin's father had to give up wrestling when the U.S. entered World War II. He enlisted in the Army Air Corps, and he served in the very difficult Pacific theater. Yeah, I'll tell you, my, my grandfather served, uh, well, he was in Pearl Harbor in the Navy and uh, served As the whole war in the Pacific theater. So, you know, a lot of those guys... You grew up hearing stories about him. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys came back and, and um, you know, had had a real, real trouble reintegrating. Obviously, all portions of the war are difficult, but uh, the Pacific Theater held unique challenges, especially guys who were in the Air Corps. And Kevin's father commanded a squadron of fighters. After the war, he stayed in the service. Here's Kevin. My dad was a uh, colonel in the Air Force. So we moved around quite a bit when I was young. I was actually born in France. And then we moved to Spain and then to Boston and then to Ohio. His last assignment was here in Miami for uh, out of the Homestead Air Force Base. I moved here when I was in second grade. It's hard to believe, but it was actually more like a sleepy town. I mean, it was a southern town. You know, there was a two-lane highway. You know, the Burger King store still sold hot dogs. My first boat that I had was a little 10-foot aluminum boat that I'd fish out in the bay with. And, you know, there weren't fast boats running you over and things like that. I mean, it was it was a slow-paced, you know, Little League baseball kind of town. A Little League baseball kind of town. <laughs> That's that is hardly a description that comes to mind when you think about Miami today. Um, but we're talking about Miami in the mid-1960s. Miami is not the Miami that everybody thinks it is. Right, right. It evolved from a different place. And, and that, that place was pretty Id- idyllic for the P- Pedersen family back then when they settled there. Uh, Kevin had a brother and a sister. Um, but as the kids got a little bit older, they began to sense that something at home wasn't quite right. There was something different about their father. Here's Kevin's brother, Mike Pedersen. He was a 23-year-old fighter pilot of World War II in South Pacific. You know, shot down one and a half Japanese, had seven other probables, 23 years old. We look back on it now in today's environment and say PTSD. He lost two-thirds of the guys he left the States with. Can you imagine losing two-thirds of the guys that you, no. you went out? Can you imagine that? No. It's a generation that had to fight the bloodiest battle in the history of the world. And as the younger brother... Kevin was a little bit more attuned to what was happening with their father. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you're a kid that age, you're barely aware of yourself and your surroundings, and you have this this uh, you know father um, who's undergoing uh, a real struggle. Yeah how how do you even identify what that is, and and then then again, how do you deal with it? Here's Mike Pedersen. I know he had a drinking problem that he was trying to handle. 
At night, he was he had a bottle of Seeger Sevens uh, going downrange already. The drinking became worse. I think he just reached a stage in life where the, the drinking started to overtake his life. He was on the couch watching TV, but he was he'd be plastered by the end of the evening. So not real loving. How can it be uh, when alcohol becomes an issue? John, that is a lot to deal with growing up. And you bring that out of the home and you carry it wherever you go. Yeah, certainly. This is what it looked like from another perspective. Here's Dom Gorey, a high school friend and wrestling teammate. The way Kevin and Mike talked about their dad was was surprising to me um, because when they talked about him, their their whole personality, their persona kind of changed. He was extremely demanding. He expected a level of perfection that was very strict, uh, not accepting of anything less than the best. Tough guy to be around. But what do you do at that age when your dad is distant? And you you want to be close to him. And you're trying to find your way in high school, and you're introverted, but you're trying to be perfect, but that's not working. You try to find a way to reach your dad. For Kevin... What is the one solution to reach his father? Yeah, what do they have in common? Wrestling. Here's Kevin. He didn't know how to show feeling. My dad never told me, I love you. Not that I didn't know that he loved me. I know that he loved me. But he couldn't. He couldn't express it. He couldn't show it. So, I mean, I know that as a young man, I I spent many years trying to get that. You know, trying to achieve that. You understand it, especially if you look at it now. Wrestling was the way that they connected with one another. Yeah. It really, it, it was like, okay, I want to forget about this stuff. What gives me joy? I mean, right. in some ways, it must have given him joy to see his son performing. Because yeah. the one thing about Kevin was he was a success. And he was great at this. And that's tough because... Kevin doesn't strike you as a natural athlete. Here's his old teammate, Dom Gorey. Kevin, when I first met him, looked like a grade schooler, hadn't reached puberty, just a little guy at 85 pounds in junior high. Had this baby face, thin, he was very quiet, couldn't engage him very easily, but he had that quiet confidence that you knew there was something lurking in there. Kevin had this need to win. It just so happened that the Pedersen family had ended up in the Pinecrest section of Miami, where Palmetto High School had the best wrestling program in the state. Yeah, I mean, it's weird how those things work out sometimes. You have this family from Iowa with these real strong wrestling roots, and And they they end up up in the town. (laughs) They end up in the one town in all of Florida that is exactly suited to them athletically. It's like little Iowa. Yes, it's like Iowa South, (laughs) Des Moines South. Des Moines Um, with palm trees. Exactly. And not only was the program really successful, but it was wildly popular. I mean, I heard people telling me that, that there were... I've seen the pictures. Yeah, that there were... Basically, more kids, more people attending the wrestling meets at Palmetto High than the football games. Which is amazing because when you think about it, in high school, people think high school football, high school basketball. Those are the sports that draw crowds. Right, but wrestling at Palmetto was a big deal. Here's Kevin. The best in the state. Very, very good. Every weight class had a very good wrestler in it. Very deep, 
four people deep at every weight class, a full JV team. I mean, if you wanted to be somebody at Palmetto, you went out for wrestling. If you went to Palmetto, as Kevin says, even though he didn't appear to be a great athlete, he was now in a place that was perfect for him. Here's his brother, Mike. Wrestling is designed as a sport for guys of all sizes and weights. Kevin was a good match for the, for the sport. And here's an opportunity, a sport that presented Kevin to utilize his athletic ability in a team sport, but yet an individual sport where his inner drive could pay off. Mike is right. When you look at wrestling, it's a place where Kevin could flat out shine. The other thing we, we didn't mention, we need to stress this about Kevin, is he was a complete introvert and he was a small guy. That's the cool thing about the sport. It's a fascinating sport because it's all about the weight class. And Kevin recognizes this opportunity to compete. An introverted kid who's dealing with a lot at home, determined to succeed, in a large part, for his father. And he shows people that he's got a real iron will. Here's Kevin. I don't believe a coach makes a champion. A champion makes a champion. Coach can help a champion. But a champion's going to do everything extra that he has to do on his own. You got to eat, sleep, live wrestling. I would get up in the morning and run. I would uh, go to school. I would run home from school. I'd run back to practice. I had practice. Before I went to bed at night, I would run again. I'd eat something, weigh myself, and I'd run again, and then I'd go to bed. So I ran and ran and ran. I want to get beat up in practice. I lifted weights all year long. I didn't ever stop lifting weights. I mean, I, even in the off season, I'd, I'd run at least twice, three times a day. But that was my world, and that's who I was. And so that's what I did. It's interesting listening to Kevin describe himself as a teenager today because... Well, he really um, has a full understanding of who he was. He does. He does indeed. He, he, uh, he's a very different guy now. He's, he's rather extroverted now. Uh, he's, he's come out of his shell in the, in the decades since high school. Um, you acknowledge that too. Yeah, yeah, he's very open about the the way he's developed and, and changed over the years. But the way he describes himself as a teenager really adheres to the way a lot of other people described him. Because that's what people remember about Kevin from those days. Uh, here's Andrew DeWitt, a high school wrestling teammate. I routinely would see Kevin running in the neighborhood or after school. We'd finish practice and we're all tired and Kevin would throw his stuff on and run, run home. And year-round... You know, I'd drive by the high school in the summer and there was Kevin out running laps. That was only the beginning for Kevin. Kevin was dedicated. Yeah, he wanted it. I mean, he wanted it. He was, that's the thing. He wanted it. He knew what he wanted and how he could get there. He was willing to put in what other people Weren't. would only talk about to it. Correct. It, it would be lip service for others, but he visually lived it. People saw him doing it. And the results showed. I mean, high school wrestling in Florida in the 1970s was not the apex of the sport. Mm -hmm. There was another place that meant more to wrestling and more to Kevin and to his father. Here's Kevin. Every summer, we went back to Iowa. It was like a ritual, and uh, which was great for me in the sport of wrestling um, because I, went to, I was able to attend, not even by choice many times, you know, University of Iowa and Iowa State Wrestling Camp. He talks about going to these camps not even by choice sometimes. 
That was his summer vacation. Yeah, I wonder who was suggesting he, he go to these places. Maybe his father. But he also talks about it in, in uh, with a real appreciation for what it gave him. Well, and when you have a cradle of family back there, when your stable is all in Iowa, go home, go to the camps, get better, come back, and be better. Yeah, he, he got a lot of strength from those experiences in the summer. Here's Kevin's brother, Mike. Kevin went to the Iowa camp to do something a little different, a little extra. But that was the days of uh, Dan Gable wrestling and, you know, Iowa roots. So, you know, Kevin wanted to challenge himself. He wanted to give himself the toughest test. Kevin just knew that's, if you wanted to get better at that time, go, go to Iowa, go to a camp, get away from the Miami area, and it worked for him. He was very, very challenged up there, and he came back after that uh, a much better, tougher Iowa-style wrestler. To be the best, you have to go against the best, as they say. And Kevin saw some very clear results. Here's Kevin. Well, where I might, uh, you know, at the end of a, of a summer, take a fourth or a fifth in a, in a tournament up there, I'd come down here and, and be undefeated. I think that earned a lot of toughness for you. I mean, for me, you know, you've, I kind of felt like, well, I was competing up there against these kids, and they're tough. Now I just found it a little easier coming back down here. Makes sense. Kevin was bringing Iowa to Miami. He was tapping into his father's roots, that Iowa heritage. He was getting closer to his dad, and that gave him an advantage. Fascinating, huh? This this relationship that I think a lot of people might view as maybe a hindrance for Kevin growing up, in the end, turns out to be something that he can use to, to achieve in sports. Yeah. I mean, Iowa, wrestling, and his father. That says a lot about Kevin Pedersen mm-hmm. and where this story will go from here. Thank you for listening to the SC Featured Podcast, Pin Kings. You can follow Pin Kings on Twitter at ESPN Pin Kings. That's at ESPN Pin Kings. A preview of the next episode follows this message. Next on Pin Kings, Episode 4, The Wild Card. I would characterize him as like a gorilla with a coordination of a ballerina. Incredible athlete. Born that way. Alex and his father, Lewis, were super close. I think he had his dad on a pedestal. This short, squat, powerful kid was able to do things physically that, that were beyond um, sort of the comprehension of most guys in the room. Don't miss an episode. You can listen and subscribe to the Pin Kings podcast in the ESPN app or download and listen on Apple Podcasts.